1: And hello, welcome in Thursday edition of the program. And for the first time in basically two weeks, I can say it's a game day edition of our radio program, Indiana and Iowa tonight, the Hoosiers on the road, a nine o'clock tip off pregame coverage here on the big X with the great voice of the Hoosiers. Don Fisher begins at six, excuse me, at eight o'clock. Of course the tip off at nine, always one hour before. And uh, just glad that there's IU basketball tonight. Uh, It's been a a tough two weeks. Thankfully, it was the holidays and obviously lots of other stuff going on to kind of keep us going. We had some off days uh, in there as well, but just glad to be back in the season. Glad to have a game to think about tonight, to preview today, and of course to recap tomorrow. Now that we get to this Thursday game, uh, it's back to normal as far as the schedule goes. The only difference is all Big Ten the rest of the way. So, uh, all conference basketball, the great Big Ten conference, uh, plenty of action already this year here early in 2023. But the first opportunity for IU to participate uh, tonight at 9 o'clock at Iowa. So, a lot coming up uh, on that game. Also, uh, a ton to get to today. You know, yesterday we mentioned that Fran McCaffrey's son at Iowa had announced that he was going to step away from the team for an indefinite period of time. Due to some mental health issues, he was having some anxiety and needed to get that under control. And Very interesting, uh, the same day that really comes out, it's a discussion on our show and a lot of uh, media opportunities out there, Uh, Trace Jackson Davis uh, tweeted out, if you haven't seen it, we'll go through it in a few minutes, tweeted out a letter from, I guess you'd call him, an apparent fan named Tim Weaver, a handwritten letter that rips Trace Jackson Davis and rips, uh, really, Race Thompson and, in general, the Indiana team. Just some really tough words there. You wonder what adult fan would sit down and take the time to handwrite some sort of letter of that magnitude. Really unbelievable, really sad, and it's amazing what our society does. And really, I think what social media uh, has made it, So easy to message folks, each other, uh, famous athletes, whether they read them or not, or reply or not, we'll never really know. But uh, crazy stuff. And so we'll talk about that more on the program today. And of course, as we start today, I I know I've mentioned this every day this week since we've been on Tuesday through today. Friday is a big day locally, New Albany and Jeffersonville, one of the great rivalries uh, of the state. Of course, tomorrow we'll have a game day pregame chat with. Sharon Wilkerson from Jeff and Jim Shannon of New Albany coming up on our Friday program. We always try to get the coaches on with us just in advance of the big games here in the area, and so those two will be with us on Friday and uh, we've got the play by play from Johnson arena on Friday night as well. Uh, if you can't make it out for the big uh, rivalry game, we'll be on the air around seven fifteen. On Friday, and hope that uh, you can join us for that if you can't make it uh, for the big game. Also, I know Friday I've heard some buzz. It's the 1993 State Championship Reunion. Uh, for the Jeffersonville team. So Coach Wilkerson, uh, the boys coach, Coach Norman, Corey Norman, the girls coach, very fitting to organize a reunion uh, in advance or during this big New Albany-Jeff rivalry game, especially with those two guys back at Jeff and uh, really collectively leading the high school basketball operation there. So that's kind of another sidebar. Uh, for the big game on Friday night in Jeffersonville. I think it'll be a, a great crowd. I'm sure hopeful there's a great crowd. I've talked to a number of people that wanted to get tickets. I guess there's an opportunity to pay an extra dollar, so I think it's 7 bucks. You can get a reserve seat, which is in the lower bowl of the Jeffersonville Arena. Everything else is standard general admission in the upper levels, but let's hope they pack it. I don't know if they'll have the side bleachers open. I don't think I've seen those out for a number of years at Jeffersonville for a Sporting event, But let's hope that this New Albany Jeff game has a crazy crowd and a great environment with a lot of festivities, that 93 reunion going on. Uh, that will be fun. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany, segment one here in just a moment. We'll take a look at our headlines of the day, and there's plenty to get to here on this Thursday. We'll look at the Indiana-Iowa game coming up tonight as well. Uh, and a lot of talk, a lot of preview uh, regarding that contest coming up in our program today. Also, uh, segment two, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will be with us. Alex always joins on Thursdays as we talk the latest with IU basketball, so very fitting that we have him on with us after a two-week break from IU hoops. Alex can get us rolling again as the Hoosiers and the Hawkeyes set to do battle tonight. Our chat with Alex each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, and we'll have Alex with us for segment two in the program Today, that's the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And I always tell you this, hopefully you know it by now, 502-414-1450, that is the Thornton's text line. You're welcome to send in a question, a comment, your prediction for tonight, I'd even love to hear your thoughts on the Jeff New Albany game. Who who do you think will win? It's two teams that I think have had successful seasons for local teams so far this year. New Albany just two slip-ups. They've not played near the schedule, the toughness that Jeffersonville has. But what do you see there? I've heard people go both ways. Some people think Jeff is by far the better team. Others think New Albany can make it a game. Your predictions on that game appreciate it as well, 502 414 1450, again, 502 1450 the Thornton's text line. And right now, Thornton's still going on. You can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito at any fountain drink tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app today, register for Refreshing Rewards, and you can earn your free breakfast on Thornton. So if you haven't already, make sure you check that out. Let's get into our headlines for today. Indiana at Iowa tonight. It's on Fox Sports 1. Somebody just texted me and wanted to know what television station it's on. Fox Sports won tonight at 9 o'clock, so a late-night tip. That's pretty standard for uh, some Big Ten Conference games. But Indiana, uh, in Iowa City, an Iowa team that has really had some struggles. They've lost three straight games. And, of course, going back to December 21st, a real shocker at home, a loss to mid-major Eastern Illinois, 92-83, was the score of that contest. So Iowa definitely struggling We mentioned uh, Patrick McCaffrey, his uh, anxiety issues. He has resigned temporarily from the team to get things under control there. So that's another big question mark as far as talent and players and uh, a key missing player. I know he's had some struggles both on and off the court recently, but definitely a key missing player for Iowa with him out at least temporarily. IU, on the other hand, I think overall their record is good for this time of year. They've had some nice resume wins. They won the games they were supposed to win in the non-conference season. The big issue is how they've lost some of these last few games. The Arizona game, it got away from them at the end. The Kansas game, Indiana really was never even competitive in that game. And with some other injuries, Xavier Johnson is out. Jalen hood Shafino is going to play. We have every reason to believe, but he's had some back issues. Trace Jackson Davis, we found out, just returned to practice with any kind of contact for the first time in a long time on Monday, and so he's been out for precautionary reasons. We don't fully know the particulars there, but there's reason for all that put together, I think, for some great concern for Indiana. And, of course, road games are tough in the Big Ten. That goes without saying at this point. So Iowa's struggling. Indiana, they need to get a win tonight. It's a great way to kick off the new year. It's a great way to kick off the Big Ten standings in this 2023 portion of the calendar and to get a road win over an Iowa team that is predicted to be in the middle of the pack. In the Big Ten Conference would be a big deal tonight. Of course, when you think of Iowa, one of the key players is junior wing forward Chris Murray. Six foot eight. uh, He had a big game against Indiana last January. I think 29 points in that contest. And, of course, his brother Keegan is now in the NBA with the Sacramento Kings, I believe. But Chris Murray is the guy for Fran McCaffrey. Uh, 20.4 points per game is his average so far this season, and uh, he is the guy for Iowa. There is no question about that. So a lot like we always hear how this team or that team is going to attempt to guard Trace Jackson Davis, uh, how is Indiana going to attempt to guard uh, such an explosive player like Chris Murphy? Uh, that is, or Murray, excuse me, that is the, the big question tonight. So, of course, I mentioned Iowa without Patrick McCaffrey. The coach's son in tonight's game, he's taking a leave of absence to deal with some anxiety. So he will be out tonight. Uh, but an Iowa team that is dangerous at times. But boy, they have been struggling recently. And it really will be interesting to see how Indiana can maybe take advantage of their struggles uh, in, in a tough environment. Iowa's a tough road game. I, I think I could say that about any place in the Big Ten Conference, but it is a tough place to play. So that is the setup for tonight. Uh, Jason Benetti and Bill Rafferty on the call as far as the TV broadcast goes on Fox Fox Sports 1. And uh, Don Fisher has the call here on the Big X pregame at 8, tip-off at 9. Don't forget, in the 8 o'clock hour, you get the starting lineup. There's been some question marks about that. We know Tamar Bates is expected to start tonight. Coach Woodson said that earlier on the week on his uh, weekly coaches show. I think I saw that Iowa was a one-point favorite yesterday, and it may have even got up to one-and-a-half points earlier this morning. I have not checked the line lately, but uh, that is the situation as of earlier today. And all-time in the series, Indiana leads the series 106-80, to 80. But as I mentioned, Iowa did win the last meeting. I think actually the last two meetings in this series the regular season game last year and in the Big Ten tournament 80 77 was the uh, final score in that uh, uh, that game a year ago, last season I should say, when Indiana and uh, uh, Iowa hooked up. Uh, a couple other headlines to mention here in this opening segment. Trace Jackson Davis, one of 25 players named to the John R. Wooden Award Midseason Top 25 Watch List. So a great highlight for him here uh, in the middle of the season. Of course, he's been out for precautionary reasons, but I did find this interesting. Of course, he's averaging just over 16 points a game, 8.2 rebounds a game, almost three block shots per game, and he's shooting 63.4% from the field. He is only one of two players in the entire country that is shooting 60% or better from the field while averaging 16 points, 8 rebounds, and 2 or more blocks per game. So that is obviously uh, a big deal for him. Jackson Davis uh, on that watch list. Chris Murray of Iowa on that watch list as well that came out yesterday. And from the women's side, Indiana senior forward Mackenzie Holmes, who had a great week last week, In Big Ten women's play, she's been named to the women's version of the Wooden Award, the midseason top 25 watch list as well. So uh, great stuff from Mackenzie Holmes and the IU women so far this season as well. An NIL note here in our headline segment. uh, This is good news for recruiting, good news for the future of IU basketball, really IU athletics as a whole. But it was announced yesterday that Hoosiers for good and Hoosiers connect which are both NIL uh, organizations tied into to helping fundraise, helping make and create opportunities for IU basketball players and student-athletes, they announced jointly that they have exceeded the goal of raising $1 million in donations, sponsorships, and even memberships between November 14th and December 31st of 2022. And by reaching that goal, the two collectives, the two NIL collectives, they have secured an additional $1 million matching contribution from an anonymous donor. So $2 million plus generated for this fundraising push over the last two and a half, uh, well, month and a half, I should say, or so of the 2022 calendar year. This goes a long way to helping pair uh, IU players, basketball, other sports with charities and businesses. Uh, through name, image, and likeness agreements. So, a lot of money to be made off of that by student athletes in Indiana. A lot of good to be done helping a lot of charities, especially, but businesses as well. Uh, but it's really neat to see a player, an athlete get hooked up with a nonprofit or a charity. Uh, both parties, I think, really benefit from that situation. So, great work by Hoosiers for Good and Hoosiers Connect as they kind of lead the way right now as far as NIL opportunities around Bloomington and the IU Athletics program. I mentioned this earlier, but Trace Jackson Davis tweeted out just a picture, a snapshot of an unbelievable Handwritten letter, hateful letter, written to him yesterday. Uh, I'll tell you, Trace. Uh, he is uh, he's he has no problem communicating on social media. I know a couple people locally that have messaged with him multiple times, and he he replies to them. Um, that could be good. That he's upfront and accessible. And I'm sure from an nil perspective, that probably really helps him. But uh, he, uh, he has no problem c- communicating back and forth in good and bad situations. And uh, obviously, the Patrick McCaffrey situation at Iowa, I think, uh, caused a stir as far as a lot of thought about college and professional athletes and some of the crazy things they have to deal with, whether it's fans or whether it's travel or or just crazy things that you really don't think of when you first think about being an athlete at a high level, all the pressures that come along with that. But kind of timing, uh, fitting timing, that he would tweet this letter out uh, right after the McCaffrey announcement of his uh, temporary stepping away from the Iowa program to deal with anxiety. uh, Kind of no wonder you've got anxiety. When you get letters like what Trace uh, Jackson Davis received, it was from a, a fan apparently named Tim Weaver, and I think he had his Twitter account because he tagged him in the tweet with the photo. It looks like that account has since been deleted. It's social media, so you never know if the person is real and it's the right count and so forth. But just some really, really tough things in that leader. He said that Trace sucked as a leader. Said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but said that he wished Trace or Race Thompson uh, had not returned to Indiana for a fifth season. And uh, just uh, those were just a few of the many hateful things spewed in this letter by supposed fan uh, Tim Weaver. So I applaud Trace Jackson Davis for uh, calling him out. And I remind people, and this has come up before on this show, Indiana fans are noted for, at times doing really good when it comes to entertaining recruits and uh, making it known that Indiana has a great fan base by tweeting them and tweeting at them and sending them messages on social media. I think in positive ways that can really help. But also occasionally you get the silly stuff when a recruit doesn't pick Indiana or somebody you know on the team currently has a bad game or whatever could happen. Uh, there's some hateful things said. These players can screenshot all that, especially if your real name's in it. But why would you ever take time to harass a player at that level, uh, to handwrite a letter? Just unbelievable. So we'll talk more about this with Alex Bozic coming up later in the program today. That's a look at the headlines here on this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall will join us in the next segment, so stay with us for that. And don't forget New Albany and Jeffersonville coming up Friday night here on the Big X. In fact, tomorrow during our show here, we'll have Jim Shannon of New Albany and Sharon Wilkerson of Jeffersonville to preview the game, and then we've got the play-by-play story from Johnson Arena coming up on Friday night. So the big IU-Iowa game tonight at 9 o'clock, and then New Albany and Jeff, a big one coming up in local high school basketball on Friday. We'll head to a break. Alex Bozic of Inside the Hall is next, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. We have at least one prediction on the Jeff New Albany game in on the Thornton's text line at 414-1450, 502-414-1450. Texter says, I vote with my heart, therefore New Albany, always and forever. So uh, sounds like a loyal Bulldog fan for sure. Thanks for the input and would love to hear from you, your thoughts on the big rivalry game coming up on Friday. The Thornton's text line always open 502-414-1450 and Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us right now. Our chat with Alex each week here in this 2023 year is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, it's so weird to say this. For the first time, really, in about two weeks, it's actually game day, and IU fans have a ball game tonight, albeit a 9 p.m. game, to look forward to for the first time in a long time.
2: Yeah, it's been a long layoff, Matt. I guess you could say Um, really unprecedented when you think about it. I was trying to go back and look and see if if there was anything similar to this since I've been covering the team or been around, and I think the longest layoff I I I can recall finding is eight or nine days. So thirteen days is really uh, just a long uh, a long time to not have a game. It's it's been I, I just don't really have any idea what to expect out of Indiana now that they've been off so long so we're obviously going to learn uh, a lot tonight from the game in terms of just how fresh the team's been able to stay and you know obviously if Trace Jackson Davis is back to 100% health but yeah just a really just a really bizarre I think kind of break I've had a couple people that cover other Big Ten teams ask me you know why why didn't they have played in so long I don't really know that I have a a great answer for it, but it's uh, it's definitely more one of the the more weird uh, breaks that I can remember in the Indiana schedule.
1: Yeah, Alex. Before we get into the IU Iowa game, I think you bring up a great point. I've heard that question time and time again as well. I'm not sure officially when Big Ten games came back in. I think maybe there were a couple before January 1st. I know the women definitely started playing before the first of the year, but I guess Indiana uh-huh. controlled their own destiny with their schedule up until that point when the potential for a first Big Ten game started. So there was a period in there where Indiana could have had another non-conference game, be it a small school or a mid-major or whatever they wanted. Uh, Then there's a period they probably have to leave open from whatever date that was forward, not knowing what Big Ten action could look like.
2: Yeah, the, the weird part about it was, if you remember back to, I think it was, like the week of Thanksgiving, Matt, where they played, I think it was like three games in six days. Um, That Hoosier Classic, that non uh, exhibit tournament or whatever that they played, where they got the three games in before Thanksgiving. And it feels like they could have maybe just spread that out a little bit differently, or, you know, the two games that they had before Christmas, they only played two games that week, and then they took a long break. It feels like maybe one of those games could have, Gone the following week, and you know you still have maybe a week off, but instead you break up those two games. It's just it's kind of weird because when Mike Wisdom was asked about it the other day, he said he didn't like the break necessarily, and he wished the, the players would have to stayed in Bloomington the whole time. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, you know, he has to have some input or some say on, on the schedule being made. So um, just a just a really perplexing. Uh, set of circumstances. I'd be, you know, obviously not going to go through the research and do it, but I, I can't imagine any other Big Ten team took off this whole season that long of a break, or any really teams in the country. I, I, I would think 13 days is about as long as it gets for a, for a break. And <coughs> excuse me, man. I, I know a lot of people are probably going to say tonight if Indiana doesn't come out and play well, they're going to blame. The long layoff, and say, you know, how can you have any rhythm, or how can you play well when you when you've been off that long? So, uh, just be 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 fully prepared for that to happen, Matt. If if Indiana doesn't come out and play well tonight,
1: <laughs> you know, we've had such a long break that we've talked about the break a lot, and especially right. leading up to the new year, I I, I kind of took the side early on that I felt a break was good for this team, based on Trace Jackson Davis being out for precautionary reasons based on Jalen Hood-Chefino having some reoccurring back soreness. Xavier Johnson, obviously an injury that a short break's not going to matter. He's going to come back if he comes back sometime later in the season. But it just felt like with the way Indiana was playing and with the health of this team that a sizable break might be good. However, ultimately, as you just said, it's going to be judged on their performance tonight and if they win the game tonight. I think we all know that.
2: Yeah, the other thing I guess is I guess maybe just worth pointing out is, you know, if you're you – know, we don't have a firm timetable on when Xavier is going to be back. We obviously don't know exactly anything on that. But having this break um, maybe gives him, you know, a little bit of a head start on his recovery. I think it's been now over two weeks since he had surgery. So if it's a six-week thing, you know, Indiana basically gets a third of the – and I'm not saying it's six weeks. I'm just hypothetically throwing that out. There's a number. You know if it if it's six to eight weeks, they've basically a quarter to thirty three percent of the break that they'll miss in is now over because they didn't play in that time. So that I guess could be one I guess silver lining uh, from this, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I just I think tonight's gonna be a very interesting set of circumstances. You've got you know an Iowa team that have lost three in a row. They're desperate for a win. Uh, it's a late road game. You got the long way off for Indiana. There's just a lot of things that, that going in. Uh, you look at and, and you wonder uh, if it's a good situation for Indiana to be going into. But the schedule is what it is, and, and they've got to figure out a way to to, to go into the, <laughs> excuse me, go in tonight and try to get a win.
1: Alex Bozic Inside the Hall, my guest. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture with locations in New Albany and now Jeffersonville as well. Um, We always hear, and I've read so many things about how so-and-so is going to try to guard Trace Jackson Davis or what their options are. So I'm going to reverse that question today. Uh, How does Indiana go about trying to slow down or stop Chris Murray, who has been the real key so far Uh, this season for iowa and really has been tough uh against indiana in past games
2: yeah i i don't know what the plan's going to be if it were me and obviously i'm not a a coach and i have you know i i uh my opinion is should be considered a novice opinion but just from looking at um the, the players on indiana's roster and the versatility kind of at that position you know chris Murray's. Basically, for Iowa playing in the four, uh, particularly now with Patrick McCaffrey, Well being out right now, um, he's going to be playing the four, and so that's Race Thompson, right? That's Race Thompson's matchup. I, I don't like the matchup at all for Race Thompson, um, particularly on the perimeter. Chris Murray's a guy that can shoot the ball from three. Uh, he's mobile. He can get around the perimeter, and he's going to. I think it's going to be a really tough for for Race Thompson to, to keep up. So I look at the at the roster and. The guy I think has got to play well tonight, and got to give a chance to Chris Murray is Jordan Geronimo, um, regardless of what he brings or does not bring offensively. I think he's a pretty good uh, defender. I think he's more uh, mobile uh, around the perimeter uh, than what we've seen out of, of Race Copson. and I think he gives Indiana really the best chance to try to slow him down. Um, you know, Chris Murray absolutely destroyed Indiana last year in Iowa City. I think he came off the bench and scored. 29 points. I was honestly a little bit surprised that he didn't even test the NBA waters. If you look at the numbers he's putting up this season. It's been uh, really impressive uh, just to see how uh, he's kind of taken over Keegan's role uh, in many ways. Different players, but he's getting 20 a game, averaging 9.8 rebounds. He's on the Wooden Award midseason uh, list. You know, I was eight and six only. Uh, if they didn't have him, they're definitely a losing team. That's how good of a player he is he's, he's probably a, an NBA first round draft pick at this point so he's gonna be a tough guy to slow down but I don't know if you agree with me or not Matt I'd be kind of curious to hear your thoughts as well but I, I kind of think Jordan Geronimo this might be a spot for him to try to get uh, a little bit more extended run and get a chance to guard uh, Chris Murray because I, I just don't necessarily see it being a great matchup for Ray Thompson.
1: Well Geronimo's so, so athletic he, he could be uh, worth a chance, worse than it's uh, on Murray tonight. Speaking of other people playing tonight, given Indiana's, and I hate to say injuries because we think, I think, well, let me start there. Do we think Trace Jackson Davis is going to start and be back in a normal capacity tonight? I mean, it's not really been confirmed, but I believe that everyone leans that way. Do you feel the
2: same? I would assume so. I mean, he's been back in practice from what Mike Woodson said. and He said he did contact stuff earlier in the week, so unless there's been a setback or something we don't know about. Uh, beyond what you know has already been announced, is in terms of we know he's dealing with, I guess, uh, the back soreness. Which uh, as someone who, in the last couple of weeks, my back's been sore off and on. Uh, I know how kind of fickle that can be, and how hard it can be to really get that feeling a hundred percent. So, um, same thing. We we kind of saw with Jalen shafino earlier in the season. Back injuries are tricky, and they're not one size fits all, but. I assume this time off has given him a chance to do some rehab and feeling better, and the fact that he was back in practice, I would think uh, that he's going to play tonight. If he's not going to play tonight, uh, obviously it's, uh, it becomes an even tougher task for Indiana to even think about winning this game, in my opinion.
1: Well, we know Tamar Bates is going to get a start based on what Coach <laughs> Woodson said earlier this week. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, I think Iowa's press might give Jalen and Tamar trouble tonight. Anthony Lill and C.J. Gunn could be instrumental in steadying the guard position. IU really needs to get off to a good start. Your take on maybe the possibility of seeing Lill and Gunn tonight? I know Gunn maybe makes more sense to me than Lill. We just have not hardly seen him much.
2: No, I, I don't think Lill's going to play uh, unless it's an absolute emergency where there's you know guys unavailable or guys not able to, to play. Uh, for everything, I and he hasn't scored a point the whole season. He's played, I think, four of the thirteen games. He's basically at this point uh, just, you know, not in the rotation. So for him to play at this point, and you know, nothing against Anthony Leal but he, he's a sh- he's a three point shooter and spot up guy. He's not a necessarily a guy that you're going to say handle the ball on the offense. So I don't I don't necessarily think he had has much anything to do with breaking the press. Gun maybe um, to me it's. You know, I'm riding Hood Shafina as much as I can. If you can give me 30 or 32 minutes, I'm probably going to try to steal the other eight and with with a combination of Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates. I mean, this is, you know, we've talked about this over many years, Matt. I'm, I'm of the firm belief uh, that when you get into the meat of conference play, which is where we are now, you identify in your team your seven or eight guys that you're going to roll with, and just play those guys as much as possible. Um, it's not the time to be experimenting with certain things. I know there's a guy out in Xavier Johnson, but I think Indiana knows for the most part what it has in its backcourt players. And, you know, maybe C.J. Gunn gets a little bit more of an opportunity. But um, if I'm Mike Woodson, I'm playing Hood, Shafino, Bates, Cop, Galloway, as many minutes as they can handle. And I'm not trying to to do anything other than that because i just don't I, I mean like with leal he's not played at all this season i don't really think this is a spot to throw him in there um if he was going to play i think we would have already seen it and with gun he's a freshman i mean this is a road game and obviously hood shafina was a freshman too but he's more of a point guard i think capable of, of handling the pressure so i don't necessarily think this is a game where you're going to try to go with a deeper rotation. I think you, you just play your seven or eight guys that you, that you trust the most, as many men as you can, and you hope for the best. That's that's how kind of how I, I see it, at least at this point in the year.
1: Alex, another message along the lines of guard play for Indiana from the Thornton's mm-hmm. text line, 502-414-1450. Who is the best option to back up Hood Shafino at the point?
2: Galloway, I think. Uh, I mean, he's been – Turnover-prone at times, but, I mean, at least he can go off the dribble and get in the paint, and, and you know, Bates can do that a little bit, but not really in a half-court. It's not something you see him doing. Um, he's good in transition. You can, you know, shoot threes, and but he's not really a guy that, you, that goes much off the dribble in a half-court situation. I, I think it's going to have to be Galloway. Uh, I don't really know who the other uh, – options are uh, on the team at this point. It's to me, it's it's Chafino for 32 minutes. Uh, I hope he doesn't get in foul trouble, and then you try to steal the rest with with Galloway and maybe Bates a little bit. But but to me, that's 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 what it is. I mean, tonight I guess is a little bit scarier because you know Iowa's going to have some pressure defensively. But the thing about Iowa is if you don't take if you don't turn the ball over, it's not like they're pressuring you relentlessly. You know, they throw some junk defenses in there to try to confuse you and make you do, you know, make, you know, try to, try to force mistakes. But they're not, it's not like they're in your face pressing you for 94 feet or in the half court. They're not, their ball pressure is nothing to really be intimidated by. That's one reason I wrote in my preview today that Iowa, I think, is going to really want Indiana to shoot perimeter shots as much as possible. And I think Indiana can't fall into the trap of just settling from three because the last thing I, I think, the last thing Iowa want is Indiana getting the ball inside the Trace and, and Malik Renew and Ray Thompson. and It's kind of getting favorable looks at the rim. Iowa wants to turn this into a game where Indiana is taking a lot of threes. And if Indiana makes threes and beats them, so be it. But I, Fran McCaffrey's not going to go into this game saying we're going to try to turn them over a bunch on the perimeter – and we're going to try to, you know, force them to, you know, have to drive on us and get the ball inside. And the last thing Iowa wants, you look at their front line. It's tonight's going to be Chris Murray and, and Rebracca, who's not a shot blocker. He's a good player, averaging almost a double double, but he's not a shot blocker. He's a six foot nine center who previously played at North Dakota prior to last season. Not overly athletic. Um, I think it's a it's a bad deal for Iowa if Indiana's getting the ball inside and and getting. Uh, looks at the rim. I think they're, they're going to be more than willing to let Race Thompson shoot threes and some of the other guys. In and, and, and the end, if makes 10 or 11 threes and beats them, so be it. But they they definitely don't want a repeat of what we saw on Z- at Xavier, which was Trace Jackson Davis getting the ball in space and just going one-on-one and, and, and going at a guy. That, to me, is the worst-case scenario if I'm Iowa.
1: Alex Bozic inside the hall previewing the IU-Iowa Contest. You mentioned Rebaka. He's the big six foot nine center from Serbia that came into Iowa mm-hmm. to transfer. Um, I, I was going to ask you, beside Murray, with McCaffrey out, uh, Rebaka obviously is a big name. But what else does Iowa have?
2: Well, I really liked Tony Perkins coming into the season. I'm sure you're familiar with him, Matt. Him being an Indianapolis kid, yeah, I really he, liked him a lot in yeah. high school. I thought I thought he was a good player thought he had a lot of untapped potential, and last year when he came into the starting lineup, Iowa was a much better team down the season last year. He's playing about, I think, 28 minutes a game this season, though, only shooting low 40s percentage-wise. Um, he's very very dangerous in transition. He's a good finisher. He plays hard. He's got pretty good size. I think he's a guy you have to watch tonight as a potential issue um, if he gets going. He, he, he's someone that's definitely capable of, of scoring 15-20 points. The other guy that I, I just look at and say there's going to have to be you know, a breakout game coming and Indiana has to hope it's not tonight but Peyton uh, Sanford who I think was a mid to upper 30% three-point shooter last year he's taken more threes than anybody else in the Iowa roster, 65 threes he's taken he's only made 21.5% so Uh, I can remember many games over the past couple of years against Indiana where you have a guy coming in struggling. I mean, Sanford didn't even play um, double-figure minutes the last two games. That's how bad he's been playing. But now with Patrick McCaffrey out, uh, the minutes have to go somewhere. And I think there's enough upside there with his potential shooting uh, that he's a guy that you really don't want to see him have his first shot go in because he can make four or five. And that's the last thing in the end needs happening is, you know, some you know third or fourth option getting hot from the perimeter, and all of a sudden, it becomes a lot harder to stay with Chris Murray and and Rebrocca and Tony Perkins if you have one of these other guys uh, making shots. I mean, I think not having Patrick McCaffrey uh, is a big deal for Iowa. Um, you know, I I, I was really uh, you know impressed with the statement he put out, and I think him being forthcoming with the struggles that he's going on has going on is. Just a really good thing for him to to put that out there and be honest about it, and all the support he's getting uh, is very good to see. But you know, to me, he's, coming into the season, he was an excellent player. He's really struggled this year, and um, you know, he's he's a guy I think that can really hurt you. So I think him being out is obviously going to hurt them a little bit. But they're going to have to have a third or fourth guy step up, and I think Perkins and, and Sanford. Um, are, are two guys that you really have to watch. And if they get hot tonight, I think it, it, the game becomes a lot tougher. Colin McCaffrey is another guy. I mean, he's not going to make a ton of shots, but he just does a lot of little things that do impact winning. And you know, he's a good assist guy. he rebound the ball. And he knows how to win. He's been around for a long time. I think this is for their sixth year in the Big Ten. So he's another guy that you have to really be uh mindful of.
1: Alex, your, uh, your mention of Patrick McCaffrey is a good transition to a final topic I want to get with you on today, and that's that letter that uh, from supposed fan Tim Weaver that Trace Jackson Davis tweeted out yesterday, just really right. embarrassing on his part. But Alex, you've been around IU basketball for a long time. You were a student years ago in Bloomington. You've covered the team closely as a beat writer. Uh, you know the fans. You've seen the good of this fan base Uh, You've seen the bad of this fan base at times, uh, and it's really unbelievable somebody would take time to send a handwritten letter to Trace Jackson Davis, who's had a fantastic career as a Hoosier uh, with some of the statements and and things said in that letter. Uh, And that definitely represents the bad side of the IU fan base. Uh, I thought it was great that Trace tweeted that out. I thought it was kind of great timing to, back up Patrick McCaffrey's decision to take a break uh, and get his anxiety in check. But just really, I'm not sure that we realize, and the average fan or listener or reader of your website realizes the abuse that these guys take from even fans of their own program, let alone the opposing student sections and fans, because social media makes it so easy to tag and uh, direct message and other uh, ways to get a hold of players these days, they just, it's so easy to, to say negative stuff and boy, they get their fair share of it. And what trace put out yesterday, I thought was just rock bottom.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely unfortunate. Um, it's one reason I've really tried to stop personally reading, uh, replies, even on the inside the hall social media. I mean, I have it branded obviously as inside the hall, but I run the account and there's, I've had to block people and mute people. um, it's hard, um, not to read it because you're always interested in what people are saying. And other players are the same way. Like you can tell them, don't read it. You can tell them, don't pay attention. But they're they're human like anybody else, Matt. I mean, they're you've got um, celebrities and people that make millions and millions of dollars reading their replies. I mean, Kevin Durant on social media replying to people. Um, it's human nature to be interested in what people are saying about you. Um, I just think, in general, um, it's not healthy to really engage that stuff. Um, I think the fact that Trace shared that letter was a good thing because it, it kind of went beyond. Um, it's one thing, you know, I'm critical of players on media. I never make it personal. You know, if someone's having a bad game, I'll say they're having a bad game. But I never say anything derogatory about them as a person or you know, I don't. I don't pretend to know them outside of basketball or know their character. I know for the most part, you know, following these kids and recruiting and getting a chance to know them and their families. But they're all, for the most part, pretty good kids, pretty good people. They're human, like anybody else. They make mistakes. Um, I think insinuating in any way that these guys don't care or they don't want to win is just ridiculous. They, you know, as, as mad as a fan is after a game that any you know, loses. Think about how the players feel. I mean, this is like their livelihood in terms of what they do. I mean, they go to college to play basketball for Indiana and in some cases try to make the NBA, but they're also getting an education. And they're they're just doing their best. Um, It's easy to get caught up in the moment when things are emotional and and say things that are hurtful. And um, I I just, it's, you know, I, I think the best thing anybody can do is when you're when you're feeling like that, and it, we all it all ha- it happens to all of us. You know, you, you, you're you're caught up in the moment and you feel like saying something. Just step back and, and don't do it um, because it's not productive for anybody. And and I will say, um, from covering this team now since 2007 with the website, I can't really remember any teams where I, I thought. This, you know, this team doesn't care, they don't want to win. I mean, most of these guys have a lot of pride and they're doing their best. I mean, does it always look like they're giving 110%? Maybe not, but they're also humans. They have things going on outside um, all outside of basketball. They, they have their ups and downs. They may have a day where they're not feeling good. They may have things going on in their personal life that affects their, their performance, and you have to remember that uh, and just have a little bit of respect. I mean, just, you know, just how you would deal with a person if you came up them on the street, say hi to people, try to be nice, smile. Uh, you know, I've always said just try to be kind and nice to people. And that's really how you should treat these players because I, I think um it's just it's just not and it's not specifically just Indiana or this one fan. This happens everywhere. This isn't let's let's not get this into a, you know, this is a problem with the Indiana fan base. This is a rotten apple who's obviously kind of gotten some attention here, but this is going on everywhere. And I think calling the behavior out and letting people know that it's not okay is what everybody collectively has to do um, because otherwise uh, you can't root this stuff out. And I, you know, I, I had no problem with Trace sharing it. I thought it was the right thing to do. And, and you know, it, it's one thing to be critical. It's one thing to, you know, we talk about games on, after they happen on, on podcast here, Matt, or on your show. And if somebody doesn't have a good shooting game, you say they didn't play well, but you don't say something about their character. They don't care, or they're not a good leader. I just don't think that's the right thing to do. So that's kind of a long-winded uh, response, but just try to be kind to people and realize that people are going through things, just like you know, all of us. We we all have things on a day-to-day basis. Life is not easy. Uh, these guys are just doing their best. I firmly believe that, and and just treat try to treat them. Uh, with respect, and, and realize that just because you pay for a ticket, or you buy a Big Ten Network, or you pay for a premium subscription to a website, you're not entitled, uh, you know, to call someone's character into question or or run them down as a person. That's just not the right thing to do.
1: Absolutely, Alex it's great stuff there to close out our segment. Enjoy the game tonight. New year to you, and uh, look forward to continuing our, continuing our chats here in 2023.
2: Absolutely, Matt. It was good to see you uh, last week at the doghouse, uh, as always. And uh, happy New Year! Thanks everybody for listening. And hopefully next week we have some good things to talk about after these uh, three games, I think, between now and our next chat. So, absolutely.
1: Yeah. How how crazy is it? uh, No games for two weeks, and then three games between now and basically next Thursday. Just crazy how scheduled things can go. All right, that's going to basically wrap it up for today. We need to head out to a real quick commercial break. I'll come back and wrap up the show after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's we missing for? All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All
1: right, we're back. Real quick, final segment to wrap things up. IU Iowa tonight at 9 o'clock, pregame at 8 p.m. here on the Big X. If you want to listen in to... Uh, the great Don Fisher. Another text I wanted to get to real quick as well. What is the all-time win-loss record in the New Albany Jeff series? I used to hear it depended on whether you ask a Jeff or New Albany fan. Uh, I will have that for you tomorrow when we have both coaches with us in that opening segment of the program. And Justin Kalen, the produ- producer of this program, he's a big IU guy for sure. Predictions as we go out today, what do you see in this uh, Performance this game tonight for the Hoosiers after two weeks of no IU basketball. Yeah,
2: I like Indiana here tonight. Two weeks, you mentioned they get the break, potentially get everybody healthy. And if we're being completely honest, Chris Murray does not scare me. Hoosiers win 68-65.
1: I like it. Now, as we go out, one other question. I think you told me, the, was it one and a half? Iowa, the favorite you think you saw earlier this Correct. morning? Correct, yeah. All right, do you have money on this game tonight, Justin? Of course.
2: Yeah, why would okay. I not?
1: All right. All right, I live vicariously my betting (laughs) life through you. So, all right, Uh, thanks, Justin. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday edition of the program. Hoosiers and Hawkeyes tonight. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. We'll recap everything Friday here on the show. We'll preview the New Albany Jeff game and lots more. Thanks so much for being with us, and happy new year. If this is the first time this week you've been with us, appreciate your listenership of this program. Have a great day. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.